Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. Thank you, announcer person, and we are back with Guys of a Certain Age podcast. Good day, gentlemen. How are you? Good day. That would be Art Shirley. And we're great. And that's Jay Reed. I'm Robbie Koblenz. And uh, so just a shout out to those folks who are uh, listening. Uh, we've got some great response. We are now on iTunes podcast and Spotify and tuned in and Stitcher and waiting on the Google Play to drop. And uh, man, we're almost official, aren't we? Almost. Almost. Just getting right there. So it's kind of surreal. So I was able to listen through TuneIn to the podcast on my Alexa. Okay, I wanted to ask you about that. Were you sending that as a, making no. the Alexa Bluetooth, you were actually had it That's in. That's right. Because I tried to do it, and it didn't recognize the name of the podcast. So so what you've got to do with podcast on Alexa, I found out, is you need to use the iOS or Android app on your phone, then go to the TuneIn um, uh Skill or whatever, skill, yeah, uh-huh. whatever it is within the Alexa app, and then find the podcast there, and then you can play. Okay, I got you. So, so you're using Alexa's hook into TuneIn, but they're only set up for music, as I'm able to understand. Yeah. You can't pull a podcast. Now, now, I did pull a couple of podcasts up. I found some that uh, were maybe like, we're not hooked in yet. Well, it they were it was in the dark, so it's a you know one that's you know slightly larger wasn't than we are at this point. Wasn't that a Spider Man Broadway play? Dark. Yeah. Yeah, and if y'all are not careful talking about the Alexa, you're going to get me to actually open the two dots that I have at home and actually turn them on. They're be, pretty be cool. careful. You, They're you pretty need cool. To do that. Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. really like that device. Yeah, you need to. Dot I have your a reputation di- for being behind in technology. I don't want to ruin it. Mm. So you need to dot your dots. That's what you dot need to do. My dots. Dot your dots. So are you a little bit of a luddite? Is that what I'm hearing? You know, I actually used to know what that means, but I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. Basically, it's someone who doesn't like technology. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm just slow in. I don't use doing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if anybody could claim to be a luddite, it's he of the Amish roots. But that is definitely not me. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So, speaking of tuned in, the Grammys were last night. Did you guys uh, tune into the Grammys? How, how'd you like that transition? That, that was, was great. great. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, I watched about five minutes of it. When um, the I happened to turn it on after we watched a movie, and it was right when they got to the in memoriam section. Mm-hmm. So I did watch the, you know, all the folks who had passed away in the music industry over the past year. There's a few surprises, not too many, but uh, that's all I watched. We were watching it while we waited to uh, for Victoria to come on, and I'll probably catch some grief about watching Victoria too on PBS. But it's a masterpiece. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah with uh, we have the DVDs. You know, yeah. it's Jenna Coleman. That's right. That's My right. favorite Doctor Who companion. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 So. Part of the TARDIS crew. That's right. That's yeah. right. I Clara Oswald. <laughs> I saw the Dolly Parton tribute, and that was actually really good. I mean, I'm not not saying anything bad about Dolly Parton, but um, she came in and she can still sing really well, and and the folks that were with her were good. So I thought it was a, it was pretty good. But but other than that, I did not recognize a lot of the artists or yeah. a lot of the music, other than what they might be playing in commercials. You know, I, I did not tune in to the Grammys, and I have not watched the Grammys in probably, oh, 30 years, yeah. I would say. And I think that this is going to hit the certain age part of our, yeah. our title a little bit, that the Grammys don't really have that much uh, 
yeah. relevance for us. Yeah. After the in memoriam, they did the sort of an Aretha Franklin tribute because yeah. I think she's probably the biggest name that, that we lost this year. Mm-hmm. And of the three ladies who were singing her song, I only knew one, yeah. Fantasia. And only knew her because we Flip used to watch Fantasia. American Idol all the yeah, time. Yeah, and that's, that's the right. only reason I even knew who she was. Yeah. Flip Fantasia. Yeah, we're at the point where now we are more likely to know the artists that they're remembering. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the sad truth of the matter. But yeah, but really- but I would postulate that the rise of downloadable music, iTunes, Napster, and back in the days when you would use it to rip off, have really decentralized the role of the Grammys because the Grammys used to be okay. You need to be listening to this because this is great, and it was a discovery. It was a discovery program for you. It was mm-hmm. a way to say, oh, that got album of the year. I need to go pick that up. Now, you know, I don't listen i don't look to the grammys or rolling stone i look towards itunes to look at stuff that would be in the vein of what i listen to or have purchased so right i would say just as we mentioned with the oscars thing we talked about an episode or so ago back um that we're no longer at the mercy of either radio stations or theater distribution and we are picking our own content and both of those and probably many other award shows have much less relevance uh, even for those that are familiar with the music. Right. I just let Spotify tell me what I like, and then I listen to it. See, I, I still want to own the music. So I want to, I mean, me and David Geffen, you know, mm-hmm. I want to actually have a physical copy. So I have just not jumped on a, a paid Spotify or a paid Amazon Prime music subscription. Yeah, we had the paid Amazon Prime, and that was the first thing we did that was like that. But we haven't done Spotify or, or any of the other. We haven't done Apple Music at all, which yeah. I still think is probably – you know, late to the game on, on that. Yeah, but they've got the highest numbers at this point. I know, but I guess, do they is it do they do something where, you know, of course, it's, it's almost hard to opt out of it once you, you know, hey, we're going to sign you up for Apple Music. No, 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 don't do that. You know, but you've but you've got an Apple device. Yeah, I used that till it was no longer free mm-hmm. and then went to free Spotify, so I can't skip, but. Yeah. And I have Amazon Prime, but I haven't turned it on. Maybe when I get my dot out, I'll that's, also work on the music. That's what you need to get with your dot is, sure. you know, it's already tied into your Amazon account. You just say, you know, Amazon Play or Alexa Play Amazon Music or something, something. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. The 80s channel is great. Yeah. And uh, we I think, do the 70s channel. I think there's just a little bit of a difference there, but that's where we tend to, to live is in the 70s. Well, I like and, both of those. And then I, I love. Yeah, we, I love the Sirius XM hook, too. So Yeah. See, we don't do that. And you've mentioned that before, and we're going to have to try that. That's how you can get Yacht Rock Radio. But that's seasonal, isn't it? I looked for it the other day and couldn't find it. Yeah, it's on, I think it's, it's on streaming. streaming. It's, almost con- oh, it's constant on streaming, right? Yeah. yeah. You can get that's Sailing by Christopher Cross anytime you want. Or the Pina Colada song. I never want that. That's my <laughs> least favorite song. I used to play throat bongos to that song when I was on uh, the radio. Wow. Just because I hated it so wow. much. Throat or, or Michael McDonald. <laughs> we should use this for the intro music. Why didn't we think about that? And that was not sound effects. That's right. That's actually wow. Throat bongos, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that would be ADR uh, live. Well, no, it's not an additional dialogue replacement. That was more Foley. 
That's what that. Oh yeah, that. yeah. Foley. Yeah. Foley. Oh, yeah. this is good to get us off on wow. a tangent. But well, gosh, I love watching the Foley guys when they do the behind the scenes. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah, because they're so intent and yeah, yeah. yeah. nothing's more serious than this guy crackling, you know, or crunching his celery to <laughs> emulate the sound of a broken neck. That's right. Neck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, Jay, you were telling me a story before uh, before Art came in about a neat connection that's a little local with the uh, Grammys last night. That's right. I was. Uh, Listening to um, Arts Hour on uh, Mississippi Public Radio coming back from Oxford last night. and Not my particular hour. Yeah, I was going to say, is, yeah. that, <laughs> is, it, is that Art's personal That's hour? Right. yeah. But they were interviewing Bill Ferris, and Bill Ferris um, is from Mississippi. He studied all kinds of different places and landed at, at Ole Miss um, while I was there and founded the Center for the Study of Southern Culture. And then uh, after... Uh, hosting Highway 61 Blues show and and really sort of establishing the blues archive there. He went to University of North Carolina and was involved in something very similar there. So he's just retired and they were interviewing him and he has created a box set called uh, Voices of Mississippi. Wow. And it's got two CDs of blues music, a CD of gospel, and then a DVD of some movies that he's made, some films that he's made, and a 120-page book that he calls Liner Notes. Wow. So two Grammy nominations, one was for Best Historical Album, and the second one was for Best Album Notes, and uh, he won both of them, or the album won won both of them. So uh, Mississippi, and even though the North Carolina newspapers, I noticed, were, were – um, Praising him as a North Carolina person to win these awards, yeah, we, he's he's a Mississippi, he's a Mississippi guy. guy. We had him first, and all these blues guys that he interviewed, or most of them, either lived here or were born here, and uh, this is where he started his work. So that was just a neat connection. And then what I thought y'all would be interested in too, the host asked him what his next project would be, and he said that he's working with a group of cartoonists in France because apparently France loves comics and they also love southern music so they brought this together and this is a group of uh cartoonists in france who are putting together more or less a graphic novel of his life and of some of the lives of some of these blues guys if i recall correctly um to create this graphic novel and i thought that was really neat That's to cool. bring it back to books and and um it's just fascinating you yeah, we'll have to just do- spoiled the rest of our episode yeah, I was thinking that was a segue. Yeah, we should do a books episode. And know. speaking of 128 liner notes, uh, Jay's got a binder <laughs> that's somewhere along oh, that size. Oh, wow, wow. So are those your personal bind- your personal liner notes to your life? You may as well be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were, we were talking about, uh, so what are we going to do next? What's our next episode? What's our next subject? And we came up with, oh, we haven't really talked about books or reading, and we're just assuming that we can all read. We really haven't had that conversation between the three of us. And uh, so as we're bantering back and forth on electronic uh, devices, Jay brings up that he he has a, a log of the last 30 years of every book you've written. And uh, I, think, I wish written. I mean, not written. No, 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 no. <laughs> That, that would be amazing. He's written a book about the last 30 years of books he's read. So, <laughs> Now, is this the only binder you have? You said that you do not have something before that? This or is the only do? binder. I can tell you what I read as a kid. It was either going to be Hardy Boys. Uh-huh. I read all of those. But and, which ones? Uh, blue cover or brown cover? Blue cover. Okay. Blue cover. And then my mother read all those plus Nancy Drew 
and uh, Bobsy Twins. I'm going to say that real fast. Um, and then, so I read all of her Nancy Drew as well. And then I remember there was another series uh, called The Three Investigators. Yeah, I remember that. I love those because they had the mm-hmm. secret hideout in a junkyard and, and all this kind of thing. That was, so. Al- that was the Alfred Hitchcock uh, and the Young Investigators. Something like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I've got that first book because they talk about, I've still got it. It's a, it's a purple binding and it, and it talks about how... They they found that they there was this trailer that they had hidden in this junkyard, but right. just putting stuff on top of it. And Alfred Hitchcock hated the leader of the group because he would do this impersonation of Alfred Hitchcock that Hitchcock hated. And it's like, no, I'll give you anything you want, just don't impersonate me. So, I remember those. Yeah, I love those. I'd yeah. love to have a secret hideout like that. Well, I'm building one, and you're not invited. <laughs> oh, that's just because it's a secret. Yeah, that's why it's, it's it's a secret. So, how many how many uh, entries are in said binder? Well, there, I looked at, I looked back, and I have records um, all the way back to 1989, and so that's almost exactly 30 years. I did the math, and you know, some years were bigger than others. There's, I think, my biggest year I read. 50 no 63 books good grief and in in some of the that's lean impressive. years it was eight or so now um, now now golden books don't yeah, count that's what good. golden books t- <laughs> okay oh well i'm gonna have to redo the math here so <laughs> yeah in, in, in that 63 year there may have been a few like magazines that i read all the way through and i count that because that's a lot of that's a lot of reading that's not a book but overall in the 30 years up till now about 950 that books. is really impressive i'm Give nowhere near that that's a that's wow. That's I like an average read. of thirty a year. I used to love to read, and I still like to read. I just don't find that I do it as much. I mean, you know, when I was a, a kid, I can remember you know, the first book that I I call it falling into, which I think is, is a, the description you have, where you just kind of forget your reading and you become so involved in the story of the book. And uh, you know, Burroughs Tarzan was the first one of those I did as a kid, and the John Carter series and a lot yeah. of his other books. And, uh, and you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, that led to Ray Bradbury and yeah. Isaac Asimov. And, and He was pointing at me when he said you and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be pointing to Robbie. We'll have to do the uh, descriptive uh, narration. So, so what we should do, we should put you in the center since our, when we record this art's in the center channel. I should be on the left and Jay should be on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or should it be opposite? Because if somebody was watching us, you would be on their left. I'd be on the right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's move anyway, on. Anyway, back to the books. Yeah, back to the books. I have found that, you know, I've kind of changed my reading habits. Like at night, I used to read before I would go to bed and everything. Now I'm listening to either uh, old-time radio or podcast or those kind of things or audible audible books. And I'm trying to get back. At, I got some physical books this year for Christmas, so I've enjoyed kind of getting back to that because I, I still think that is my favorite way to read. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, even though I'll do the Kindle and things, I still find an actual bound paper Absolutely. book is the, still the preferred way to do it. Although I like the convenience of the electronic sure. media. Right. Well, like Robbie said earlier, he likes to own the music. Yeah. yeah. I like to hold the book in my hand. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like to kind of have an idea where I am in the book, you yeah. know, and you don't get that, even if it has the, the description at the bottom of how many pages you have left. That's air quotes that you didn't get to see. Uh, but, um, now, but yeah, I still like that. Now I like reading comics on the iPad. Now I do too. That's a I, to me that's a better experience. Yeah, huh. I think so too. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I like the fact that I can have you know hundreds of comic books on my iPad and go back and forth and, and see those things. Yeah, uh, I've still got the, the a lot of the physical comic books or whatever, but uh, especially if they're if they've been uh, you know ported over to Comixology is what I, I typically use, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that uh, they're going back to the original artwork and trying to bring it in there as opposed to a scan uh, four-color uh, process page. 
they look really good. They, you know, they'll they'll mm-hmm. blow up, and I can I get a good sense of what the artist is doing in there. So, talking about books, what was an influential book or series you read as a kid? We'll start with Mister Volume there, Jay. Well, as a kid, I, I think it would be the those those detective novels. That's yeah. it. Interest. It got me interested because later I started reading the old Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. books, and I just found that fascinating. That just his just the way he did things and the way it was written. So that was probably the early, early influence. I mean, and since then I've greatly expanded my genre. So what about your teenage years and going into young adulthood? What, uh, so, well, let me just ask you this. So what, what type of books do you usually read? What's your genre of choice? Well, in my, in my nerdiness here in the, I don't just write down the name of the book. I write down sort of what genre it's in. And I had four categories that I put everything in. It was either faith or family, like a book on marriage or whatever, uh, fiction or function. Basically, anything that didn't fit in the other three categories was, was function. That'd be a, any kind of nonfiction type of book. Now I've added food as a fifth category. And, Did they uh, have to start with F? No, but isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nerdy. <laughs> nerdy. And I did it both ways. I, I Not only did I write it down and have that genre marked i would also i had a like a like a reverse list too so i had a list of all the books in my library that i had not read yet and i would kind of cross them off as i read them so it was a double uh double inventory am i going to open this binder and see the dewey decimal system employed i just want to know you're not, you're <laughs> or, not. Or, or library of congress right. system no but there is you would appreciate this part though uh my daughter is very artistic she would never admit it but she's done some pretty neat things with art. So over the past few years, um, I put the year on top and I try to color it somehow just to make it interesting. So the last few years, I've handed her the page and said, okay, write, do this for me. Um, oh, draw me cool. something, paint me something. And so she's been involved and it's become an art project that's very cool. for her that as is well. Cool. So in the fiction genre, I mean, what, I mean, in the fiction category, what's are you doing detective? Are you doing sci-fi? What, Harlequin romances? I mean, <laughs> no. In fiction, we, I've got all the John Grisham books. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those, that's interesting. My mom used to do the book reviews, do the book reviews for the local paper. And when he first came out as an artist, as an author, um, he would he would do signings anywhere. And he's from Mississippi, so he would come here to the public library, and she got to know him pretty well. So it's really interesting to see the early earlier books that he signed have about a half a page of. So glad to hear about oh, this. Yeah. Good luck on that. And he was very personal. And then over the years, those got shorter and shorter. And now we just buy them at uh, Square Books or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's uh, it's just a signature. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that was probably, we have all of those, as far as I know. Jack Higgins was mm-hmm. somebody I read a lot back in my early adulthood. I just love the, the way that he combined actual history with a story and kind of brought it together. Oh, I don't know Jack Higgins. The Eagle Has Landed. Have you heard of that movie? Political mm-hmm. thriller kind of stuff? Maybe. Yeah. Is that right? Sure. That's right. Yeah. 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 He'd go back to World War II and pick an event that actually happened and then kind of weave a story around it. Mm-hmm. it was kind of like Harry Turtle Dub, but he actually really changes the event. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Guns of the South. Shout out to uh, my Twitter buddy, Harry Turtle Dub. So, yeah, I'll have to tag him when this one goes yeah, out. Yeah, and he really knows him. Well, yeah, he no, does. I'm totally. Yeah. Cool. We, so we, we will go back degrees. Yeah. yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go back and forth on Twitter because he likes. Uh, he likes some Murray, of the stuff. Okay, who was the guy we were talking about? The old the old time radio guy I was talking about who had done an alter. No, maybe it was the Philip K. Dick stuff with Man in the High Castle. But Murray 
Leister or I can't remember mm, who it was. I can't remember. I can't anyway, remember. he commented on that. Came yeah. in and commented on that. that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what do you read now? I mean, still the same sort of fiction. I do like to mix it up a little bit, but I just finished uh, a book. Uh, it was food fiction, and I've you know those are kind of cool. Um, I've got several of those on my list. Uh, Monique Trong, Jessica Tom, some food Kas- writers who have Kasunheit. made it. <laughs> food fiction. Food fiction. Is this fiction food that doesn't exist? No, 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 no. It, that's good, though. Uh, fiction about food writers and about chefs. Um, there's been some movies out similar to this, too, where it's all about food. And they do. And that's my thing. Me and Julia, okay. or Julia and I. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I, okay. I got you. That sort of thing. Yeah. I'm tracking with you now. I, I was I'm looking for the Lost Chronicles of Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the un, the unknown diners, drive-ins, and dives. So, and Calvin Trillin. I don't know if y'all know Calvin Trillin. He used to be a uh, columnist for the New Yorker, and he's written several food books. He kind of did a travel column, but it always ended up being about what he ate, and I really that really resonated with me. So, the Tummy Trilogy is something that is three of his books that are put together, and his style really reading him kind of inspired me to write. So, I look at Calvin Trillin as my sort of my greatest influence. Mm-hmm. Hey, Art. I think Jay's a lot smarter than me and you. I know. Yeah. Wow. So, what about you, Art? I don't know how to work your dots, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. I've been coloring a lot lately. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, speaking of food fiction, I've been reading the Blue Milk Trilogy from uh, Timothy Zahn's, you know, the whole story about the... Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, the that's Edgar a Star Rice, Wars reference. That's a Star Wars joke. Yeah. 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 This guy gets it. He I got, got it. it. I got it now. I, <laughs> I need some help, but I got yeah. it. Yeah. There you go. You know, the Burroughs stuff, as I mentioned, led into Asimov and, and Ray Bradbury. Stephen King liked a lot of his stuff, read a lot of his stuff. Uh, I liked the Sherlock Holmes uh, mysteries, uh, you know, Agatha Christie as well. Um, and, uh, you know, also went into the political thriller. You know, everybody, I guess, is, you know, you read John Grisham, which is not political thriller, but read those kind of things. But uh, Tom Clancy, I've read mm-hmm. most of his books yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of people that were similar to, if you like Tom Clancy, you may like this book. Yeah. So Jack uh, Reacher stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Clive Cussler. Uh, who's that? Clive Cussler. Yeah. And yeah, then I read, uh, Clive Cussler's who I read. Who's the, uh, who wrote Bosch? Um, the Bosch series. Yeah, I, I haven't read that, but I know, I know what you're uh, talking Michael about. Michael Connolly. Yeah. Who yeah. was a journalist. Who He's from the University of Florida. He went to the University of Florida. He was mm-hmm. a journalist, maybe in Jacksonville. Um, longtime investigative journalist, I believe. And then started writing fiction. And that's what he's known for. And uh, Bonnie and I actually met him at a PR conference we attended a few years back. Really nice guy. Very unassuming. And um, Bonnie really likes his stuff because he's a very he's a very good writer. Um, technically, he's a very good writer. And my wife does with books like I do, critiquing television and film. Oh, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she 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 goes through and his stuff is really really clean from a from a form standpoint. So. Also, like now you know and and have in the past too, but like biographies, I like McCullough's Truman and mm-hmm. also his Adams books and um, just read uh, or listened to actually on Audible Elvis Costello's autobiography, Unfaithful mm-hmm. Music and Disappearing Ink, which was really really neat. He read it, so it was. You know, like you're, he's telling you the story. Does he lapse into song occasionally? Occasionally, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a, again, to me, and we can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, those technologies as well. But the, the audible experience, especially when you're reading or you're listening to something that the author has written, I think is a very, uh, 
adds a le- uh, adds a level of intimacy to the book that you might not sure. otherwise have. Sure. I've always been a fantasy science fiction guy. I mean, always. Yeah, that's that's the core of everything. Co- always comes back to that. Yeah, and I've I've read Grisham, I've read Clancy, but I always come back to fantasy and science fiction. And for me, uh, The Hobbit was the first thing, straight mm-hmm. up. And and then got into Lord of the Rings. And we're talking sixth, seventh grade, so we're talking you know seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty. And um, then, but back in those days, there wasn't a lot of science fiction or fantasy that was that was being new stuff that was being printed because it had not been developed as a New York Times bestseller. Right at that point, everybody had heard of C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia. You'd heard Lord of the Rings with Tolkien, but there was really nothing else. There were some folks with uh, Madeline Loingle with uh, Wrinkle in Time, Ursula K. Le Guin with the uh, Ursi trilogy trilogy. Um, that was a little bit more young adult, and so there wasn't really any serious science fiction or fantasy until the breakthrough book by Terry Brooks, The Sword of Shannara, mm-hmm. which became a New York Times bestseller and was a complete ripoff of Lord of the Rings. Um, and then that just seemed to open the floodgates of newly published science fiction and fantasy that ended up on a New York Times list somewhere. And that was kind of the floodgates in the early 80s. And so you had a real pivot from, uh, it was pretty scarce, it was a small section at Bookland, you know, which was my bookstore of choice. You had Piers Anthony with the the Xanth stuff. It was originally a trilogy that became a series, and I think it's like 82 books long or something like now. But it did used to be you'd go into the bookstore, you know, Walden Books, Bookland, whatever it was, and there'd be like one shelf. Yeah. And when you ask where it was, it'd be like, you know, you were just slightly below the people that came in looking for porn. <laughs> you really were. <laughs> I'm looking were. for sci-fi. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's back in the back. Yeah. 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 And, and then they had those, Did you? do you remember the box sets that they used oh, to yeah. sell right around Christmas? That's what got me into a yeah. lot of that stuff because yeah. you'd get this box set and you'd have either half the series or the entire series. Yeah. And uh, they'd sell them around Christmas and that was always a gift, you know, that I asked for. Uh and like I said, I, I wasn't sure what really kind of kicked it over the top because a lot of the, even the authors that you were reading back at that time, you'd go back and go, well, these guys have been around since the 40s and 50s. Yeah. You know, they were not the new and upcoming writers. Yeah. So uh, I didn't, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting observation about uh, sort of Shannara. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shannara. Shannara. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I, okay. I've always you said. You say Shannara <laughs> and I say Shannara. Everybody. Okay. Wow. That's two musical interludes for me today. That's right. Hey, um, Phil Valentine, if you're listening, I would really like to discuss that trade with the uh, Podgoats uh, podcast. Phil Valentine, Art's brother-in-law, radio commentator from Nashville. He's got a great podcast called Podgoats, and um, he's been listening to our stuff, and we've talked about doing a trade between the two shows. We would trade Art for Campbell. Y'all are really getting the better end of that deal. I'll just be the first to admit <laughs> well, that. Well, plus, plus we want some cash considerations oh, okay. in a, in a uh, podcast host to be named later as well. So, um, but yeah, he's got other sons, so who knows? They could all come in. Wow, we, mm-hmm. it could be a, a whole uh, a whole Valentine mm-hmm. show is what it could be. And how appropriate since so we've just passed Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're we're on the last five minutes, so we we need to make this a two parter because we. I just, think we need to come back to this too. Which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because a, I'd still like to talk about technology. I mean, more well, we yeah. really didn't explore that much. And then, you know, you mentioned the graphic novel. He's pointing right? to I'm Jay. I'm pointing to Jay. I'm sorry, I've yeah. got to stop doing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jay, you mentioned the graphic novel. Uh, you know, that's become a huge part of what I read. In fact, and I'll mention this real quickly. I got the uh, the uh, 
Art Spiegelman Mouse uh, graphic novels uh, for Christmas, and I'd never read those before, and they've been around since the 80s. Have you seen these? Mm, no. Uh, really big graphic novel. It tells the story of his parents' uh, experience during uh, the German uh, oh, yeah. occupation and yeah. their, their experience yeah. in a in prison war camp. And oh, it wow. tells them uh, the Nazis are cats and the Jews are, are mice, uh, and then you know they've got different... Uh, uh, people in there and, and just their experience. And it's very, very, you know, uh, real life, despite being these, uh, these uh, characters being portrayed by animals. Uh, and a very powerful piece, very powerful piece. Of work. Almost Watership Down-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so y'all talked a lot about the sci-fi and fantasy, which I kind of know about. So if you were going to advise me to read one book to kind of get the feel for that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reading Harry Potter, and I've read little bits and stuff that's not sci-fi at all. But um, what I, would you recommend? Well, I think that's a whole different episode because yeah. we're kind of up at break. So we'll we'll jump into that into maybe a uh, part B of this. But I've got some recommendations for you. I've got some recommendations for you guys if you if you haven't read the books. We are going away now, guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, hit us on Twitter. You can get those links. Um, I think we're, what, at guys of a certain because I couldn't put age there, so our Twitter handle is at guys of a certain, which is appropriate because we just fade off in the middle of that. That's right. I forget where I was going. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then we got a Facebook page going. We've got uh, we've got some likes. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and we will talk to you soon.